Welcome to the Unblocking Crypto Podcast. This podcast is not financial advice. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. These are just the opinions of a couple of rambling wrecks. Alrighty, welcome back to episode number 23 of Unblocking Crypto. A lot's happened in the past couple of weeks. I'm really excited to get started in the main portion of this podcast, talking with a good buddy of mine, Adam, about NFTs. Um, prior to that, let's talk about what's happened lately. And if you're like me, you've been kind of gut-punched lately in the past couple of months. Uh, Voyager, one of the main exchanges out there, just filed for Chapter 11. Uh, they were also partnered with Mark Cuban and the Mavericks for a five-year deal, and it's uh, frozen or lost millions of dollars of crypto for a lot of people. Celsius is another one that has frozen all their withdrawals. Uh, BlockFi was struggling with getting any sort of uh, cash raising, so they've now been acquired by FTX, and everything seems to be a mess. Uh, the latest news now is Sri Lanka, the country, has declared bankruptcy. Um, so even with all this stuff going on, it still looks like Bitcoin is another alternative to the fiat system and probably worth at least having something in there in case the entire co- country goes up in flames. Um, on some more interesting news, some more positive news, um, Eric Schmidt, the ex-CEO of Google, has now joined Chainlink as an advisor. Um, as he sees Chainlink as kind of one of the vehicles that helps push them into the future like Google did in the uh, early 2000s. MakerDAO has uh, made a proposal and accepted one to actually make a loan of up to $100 million to a 151-year-old bank, um, which uh, has a possibility of even going further uh, down uh, to a a larger amount, up to a billion in the next year. Uh, And this comes on top of them voting to buy about 500 million in short-term U.S. Treasury bonds uh, and interest-bearing corporate bonds. So a lot of interesting things there. And then from the NFT space, which is what we're about to talk about, Reddit has started selling avatars on Polygon. And if you look at the NFT space in the music industry, the top 10 music NFTs have generated over a thousand ETH in the primary and secondary markets here lately. So um, at least there are some people that are still doing very well in crypto. So that was a quick rundown. Now let's jump into an intro to NFTs. And I've asked Adam Work to join me in this conversation. And Adam actually helped me co-author the Unblocking Crypto book. And he is now a moderator in some NFT communities out there. So since he has gone way down the rabbit hole farther than I have in NFTs, I was hoping we could chat a little bit about, about what NFTs are and help others understand why they're going to be popular. So welcome, Adam. Hey, what's going on, Jason? How you doing? Fantastic. So, I, hey, let's talk about what an NFT is. And maybe you could help define what an NFT really is so people can try to wrap their heads around that. Because I think all people understand now is it's a picture on their avatar somewhere. Right, JPEG, right click, save on the JPEG. That's kind of like the joke because people think that you can just steal an NFT. So why wouldn't you just steal it and use it if that was the case? So NFT uh, is uh, stands for non-fungible token. And the best way that I've heard this explained is a fungible token is, for example, like the dollar, right? So if I, get, if I had $10 bills 
and I owed you $5, you wouldn't care which $5 bills I gave you, right? Correct. Yeah, just give me any of the five. I don't care. They're all the same. So a non-fungible token means each one of these NFTs is unique in some kind of way, whether it be, even if it's an NFT that looks the same as another NFT, it has a unique uh, characteristic to it that sets it apart from that other NFT because it can be owned that way. So that's kind of the best way. Uh, I, I, when I, when you just start thinking about NFTs, it's that these, these things are separate from one another, even in their own uh, sets, right? So a lot of times people will release an NFT in a set of 5,000 or 10,000 and each of those NFTs is unique to its, uh, to its set. Okay. Very cool. So I, I think that helps make sense for a lot of people. I know we've talked about this before, but it's, uh, NFT stands for non-fungible token, right? So, um, yeah, really, really cool stuff. So I, I think a lot of people though, are probably wondering how to even get started with NFTs or maybe probably not a lot of people. There are very few people that are wondering that. Um, but let's talk about if you do get involved in NFTs, where do you get started and how do you get started? And what are some of the things that you should know about if you are going to get started? Right. So uh, obviously security is one of those things that's extremely important when it comes to NFTs. There are people who jump into the NFT space and aren't really versed or understand what they're doing and they lose money because they get scammed. So uh, there's a couple of platforms that I think that's a great place to start with. So NFTs, uh, these unique projects, sometimes it's art, sometimes it's music, and sometimes it's uh, just a profile picture. Uh, sometimes it's collaborations, like you talked about music, like there's a lot of different ways. So the first thing is just what are you interested in? What's Because if you're really going to get into NFTs, you're going to want to be interested in the, in the, in the type of uh, community and, and artwork or art form that's being expressed. So for me, I'm kind of a nerd. A lot of the NFT projects that I'm in are storytelling based. So well, a lot of times what will happen is there'll be what's called a mint. Um, before we go down the, 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 the road of mint, uh, there's, there's uh, a couple things that, that are important to start with. So you need to be able to go onto uh, a marketplace to buy these NFTs. And the most popular one that a majority of the people are using when it comes to Ethereum-based NFTs is called OpenSea. And the website for that is OpenSea, O-P-E-N-S-E-A dot I-O. Um, and you'll connect your wallet to this marketplace. And the, and the most popular wallet that people use is called MetaMask. You want to talk a little bit about MetaMask? Yeah, so I mean, I think... I'm probably going to be talking a lot more in the near future about um, self-custody wallets. And MetaMask right. is is definitely the most popular on the Ethereum blockchain. Right. But each blockchain has their own self-custody wallet. And, and what that means in reality is that the the keys for your crypto in a self-custody wallet are owned by you. Um, so kind of going back to, I just mentioned Voyager and Celsius, what happens with a lot of those is you're transferring your crypto over to them and they're holding it and typically giving you a rate of return. Um, but if something happens uh, and somebody like Voyager goes bankrupt, the crypto is theirs, not yours. So you can't really get it back. So there's a huge importance for everyone to understand how to self-custody your own crypto. And yeah, if it's Ethereum, you probably want to do MetaMask. 
Um, if, it's a, if it's a different blockchain, then there's going to be a handful of different options for each blockchain. Um, but the benefit of all that is you own it. The problem with all that is if something goes wrong, there's not usually a support crew to call or somebody to call to fix it. It's something that you are going to make a mistake on and probably lose it. So you have to make sure you know what you're doing at the same time. Uh, so definitely, if you do go down that path, start small, make a mistake with a small amount before you start transferring everything over there. Yeah. And there, there's a there's a popular acronym in the NFT space, well, in the crypto space, too, that you may have even discussed on here. It's D-Y-O-R. It's do your own research. So people always say that anytime they talk about a project, it's kind of like these disclaimers, you know, shouting because there are a lot of scammers out there. And so uh, but I don't think that should stop people from getting into um, potentially investing in NFTs, but also just getting involved in communities that are, that are really moving the Web3 space. So uh, I'll keep going here. Sure. Uh, so OpenSea is where you would search for for uh, the different types of NFTs that you want to buy. People uh, will put the NFTs up for sale. Sometimes artists do it. Sometimes people are reselling NFTs within a project that they own. Uh, some of the more popular NFTs that people have heard of would be like um, Board Ape Yacht Club, um, things like that that have become a little bit more mainstream. You see, you see these like Jimmy Fallon, Paris Hilton, and you know a lot of these celebrities have have bought into the board ape culture, and it, that one really started a huge wave for how community driven projects can work. Um, so basically, you know they have a unique set of artwork that they sell on uh, uh, OpenSea, and communities can get around and and communicate and talk about the the different NFT projects, and a lot of times that can drive the price you know, just the popularity of somebody like uh, Fallon or Paris Hilton, you know, buys one, Justin Bieber buys one, it becomes, you know, media, it's, you know, in, in pop culture. So, um, so sorry, I'm kind of rambling on about that. But but so once you uh, have your MetaMask wallet set up, you'll go to a marketplace like OpenSea, and you'll connect your wallet. And uh, as long as you have Ethereum on your uh, connected to that wallet, um, so you would be able to send money from, let's say, Coinbase or something to your MetaMask wallet and load it up and just start purchasing NFTs. Um, so it can be really confusing when you first get to a website like OpenSea, like, what would I even buy? What would I do? I think everyone's, everyone's path to that is a little bit different. For me, my first entry point into NFTs was in the sports card market. There was a project uh, that was selling partial ownership in a very large, expensive uh, uh, memorabilia, sports cards, that kind of stuff. And I was just really interested in that. And so the first place that I started educating myself was on uh, a Discord channel. So a lot of people will use Discord because it's a great way to look at organized information. It's better than Twitter in a lot of ways because Twitter can just be like, you know, the Wild West with just stuff everywhere. But in, in a Discord channel, you can actually see um, along the left-hand side of the screen, all these different uh, uh, communication channels, whether it be official links so that you know those are the actual links you're supposed to be clicking on. It could be sharing artwork. It could be, you know, joking around and sharing memes. It could be talking about, you know, the artist, you know, whatever it may be. But it's kind of an organized place to do that. And so I started using Discord to talk about this particular project to figure out, uh, when, what, when they were launching, what they were doing, all that kind of stuff. 
And that's, that's on, honestly that, that one entry point into that discord and starting to buy some NFTs from this project has launched me into hundreds of other projects and manage and even, even being a manager in discord channels, which is where uh, you moderate to make sure that people aren't coming in and, um, you know, posting bad links and just that kind of stuff. So, um, so everyone's think, path is a little bit different. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a great point just to kind of jump in there real quick. Um, for people, if they do jump into discord, one of the things you mentioned to start was security and security is still super important in discord. One of the big things that I've seen and a lot of projects are doing this now is making you turn off your direct messages because there are still a ton of people that are trying to scam you through Discord to get access to whatever you have, tell you there's a free mint, yada, yada, yada. Um, most of the time, uh, these these communities in Discord, because of the moderators, everything is taken care of, but you still do hear about Discords getting hacked. So um, make sure you take security very seriously in the Discord too. And don't always believe that there's a pop-up free mint <laughs> that's right. going to happen yeah. um, or that, hey, they lost your keys. They need you to submit your keys to make sure you're still, uh, you still have this NFT. I mean, there, right. there's so much stuff going on. So security is still so important yeah. in, in this space too. Yeah. And so I would say this, it's, it's, it's very true that the good projects will be very clear about what they're doing they'll do what's called setting a mint date and they set a mint price and they tell you how many pieces of artwork are going to be in the collection. So you should know ahead of time. Uh, and a lot of times what will happen is the scamming phishing groups come in and if they can, if they are able to hack a discord or if they're able to uh, look alike a Twitter account, they'll try and convince you that there's like a, a three hour window to mint and it starts right now. You should be able to see through those because you can go back to the discord and look for official statements about when something's happening. So FOMO drives a lot of, of the scams that happen, this fear of missing out. So yeah, it's very important to just be very careful. Make sure uh, you're not making any quick decisions. You're obviously never going to give a seed phrase to anybody. There's never been a project I've been involved in that's, that's said, hey, we need your seed phrase. It just doesn't happen. So you should never give that out. Um, but yeah, so what a mint is, is where they allocate the nft to the new owner so uh, i'm in uh just involved in a project that minted uh yesterday and they have a private mint and they have a public mint so a lot of times the the, the good thing about getting in these discords early is that you become sort of an early um uh you know cheerleader for these projects and they reward you for that so if you're involved in these discords early uh there's a lot of build up to the mint so there, it might be months before a project mints. And so if you're involved in these discords and you are involved uh, involved in engaging the community and you're kind of an ambassador, a lot of times you'll get uh, what's called a pre-mint uh, or a, a blue list or a white list. It just depends on what the project is doing. They'll put you on a list to allow you to mint early. So the project that I'm working with right now just minted yesterday. So I was able to mint three of these NFTs. And they're still doing a public mint today. And then and if nothing's left, then they go to just uh, in general, anybody can come in and just, and they don't have to be on the list. So, um, so yeah, so that, so the process for minting is, is interesting because everyone will do it. Every project will do it a little bit differently. Um, but once you mint, 
a lot of times there is what's called an artwork reveal. So people will say, well, when's the reveal? Because they want to see what they got. Up until the reveal, the NFT that you purchase is usually just a placeholder. It's an image or it's a, it's a GIF of, of similar artwork. And so everyone's holding, let's say it's a, a project that did 10,000 um, uh, 10, units in their, in their NFT. You'll hold two or three or four, however many you, you minted, and they'll all look the same. And then once the reveal happens, the metadata for the project refreshes everywhere. All the different marketplaces that that show this NFT, OpenSea. I, I reference OpenSea, but there's a lot of different marketplaces. So you can sell on OpenSea. You can sell on X2Y2. I mean, there's just there's so many that exist. The, um, but OpenSea is is one of the more popular ones. And then you'll see what you got. And a lot of times, that's a lot of the fun because within these NFT projects, there's usually very rare, unique, one of ones, that kind of stuff that that can uh, be worth a lot more than something that's maybe more common. And so a lot of the NFT project spaces are driven by this, these sort of unique chances at getting really rare NFTs that have, that hold a lot more value. And and they can have benefits to them as well. Right. I mean, there, there are some of these tokens that have, uh, or some of these NFTs that have other token economies inside of it that maybe certain NFTs will give you more of, or you'll have access to uh, something in the community special. Um, so there are a, a lot of different ways to incentivize the, the rarity of the NFT, too. Cor- correct. Yeah. So people use the ref- the phrase utility, right? And so a lot of uh, people that are investors in the space who are just looking to flip or who are just looking for what they call like blue chip projects or potentially blue chip projects is they're looking for some unique utility. Every single NFT project that I've been in has been different. Uh, there's one where... Uh, it's just a profile picture. The utility is, it's really just cool art and that's it. There's nothing else. One of them is trying to um, move uh, the boundaries for um, how we look at medical insurance. And so the utility of this NFT is free access to um, insurance benefits, things like that. Uh, And so they're all just different, you know, and you talked about like token economics. So some of these NFT projects uh, want you to do something called staking. And so what staking basically is in a, in a very sort of summarized fashion is you say, okay, I, I bought this NFT, but I'm going to allow you to hold it in your wallet, this, the, the main NFT project and exchange for some token. And the more NFTs you have, Sometimes the more tokens you get, and those tokens can be used to further the story. If it's a story-based NFT or to purchase something or to upgrade your NFT, there's just there's endless ways that these tokens can be used. Sometimes they can even be sold for Ethereum. So depending on the type of project you're in, you build up a ton of tokens, you sell them and make a profit for Ethereum. Or if you're in a different blockchain, you, you know whatever that cryptocurrency is. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think maybe a good thing to kind of throw in there, um, since I mentioned here at the beginning that some of the music NFTs had generated a thousand ETH in primary and secondary sales. When something is minting, that is the primary sale. So if it mints for one Ethereum, the entire Ethereum minus some of the fees from OpenSea pretty much go to the the minter or the creator of the NFT. Um, Once that NFT has been minted out, there is now a new owner. And every time that NFT is sold on the secondary market from one person to another, a 
percentage, and that percentage can be set by the minter, goes back to the original creator of that. So typically that's around 5%. So if these NFTs are changing hands multiple times in a day or uh, even faster than that sometimes, every time it's sold, 5% goes back to the creator. So what you're starting to see too a lot of is a lot of free mints on some of these existing or some of these new NFTs, especially for some of these new creators. And that every time those uh, free NFTs are then sold to someone else, the original creator is getting a percentage of that and still being able to fund whatever their development was. Yeah, and this is, it's a great way to look at it for people who are like, well, how are people benefiting from this? Like, what is, what's the model? And so the model is actually interesting because if, if we're just talking about unique artwork, if you go back into the history of time, if, uh, uh, let's say, Picasso sold a painting to, he commissioned, he was commissioned to do a painting and it sold for, you know, $300,000 or whatever like that to him. He would take that money and that's it. No more royalties. You know, that, that painting is going to change hands into eternity, right? And so that's it. But with NFTs, if you are an, uh, an, an artist or someone who's creating music um, and you're selling it on a platform like this, every single time you, your artwork sells, after that initial sale, you're still making a percentage of those sales. So it's a really great opportunity for artists who are looking um, to really get their financial situation under control uh, with how they sell their artwork. It, it, it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's, it's definitely making a, a big difference in the music industry for sure. And I'm sure there's a lot of other places that things are changing. Uh, we've talked about Beeple and his what, $69 million NFT that he sold right. a year ago or so, right? So there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in that space. So, um, But I think that's important for people to understand how are people making money? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that usually drives a lot of things. Yeah, I, I think uh, a big, I don't want to, I don't want to say majority, but a big percentage of people who are uh, dealing in the NFT space are looking to make money. They're looking to flip. Um, there's lots of uh, discord channels where people talk about the floor price. What's the floor price. That's a big thing you're going to hear. Maybe that's something we talk about quickly is just, you know, phrases that people use a lot in the NFT space. So the floor price is the lowest price that's for sale at any given time on the marketplace. So like uh, the floor price for board eight yacht club has gone up and down crazy over the last six months. Cause we're kind of in a bear right now. So whereas a more common board ape might've sold for, you know, a million dollars or $800,000 as the floor price comes down, the amount you spend on that, obviously what people are listing for uh, comes, comes down and goes up and everyone can see what the floor price is at any given time. That's, that's one of the features of OpenSea is if, if you're just getting into a project and you're not looking at the traits of the NFT, all these, all these NFTs had different traits, different rarities. If you're just looking for the basic, just get involved, get at the starting point, the floor is where you're usually going to get in. Um, if you've done a ton of research and you are looking for specific trades, maybe they're more expensive, then you start searching on OpenSea within a, a specific project for the traits that you want. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that, does that seem like it's 
uh, something people would pick up on this idea of traits within an NFT? Yeah, characteristics. I mean, they're we talked about rarity before, right? So right. Uh, the way that they are you're determining that is certain characteristics for the NFT. Some of them are have a lot less than others. So right. it's usually each NFT is a combination of a bunch of of traits, and the the more rare combination you have, the higher rarity or better rarity, and theoretically more valuable that NFT is. Right. For, for some of these things. And then we, we should talk about gas, maybe. Do you want to, you want to talk about gas? You want me to? Yeah, you know, I was going to mention, I mean, one of the things you just talked about is is the floor, right? But just because there's a floor price doesn't mean that's what an NFT is going to sell for. So because some of the, for like a board Ape Yacht Club, as an example, if the floor price is a million dollars, there's still people that I think Justin Bieber went and spent like $3.2 million on his board API right. club because he wanted a specific one that he thought looked like him or whatever it was. Right. So um, in OpenSea, there's always the option um, since OpenSea will list pretty much all of the NFTs in that um, group. Um, some people will have theirs listed for sale and some won't, but OpenSea gives you the option. If you find one you like, you can go offer um, an amount to them. Now the, the catch with, uh, something like the Ethereum blockchain is with Ethereum, you have to pay gas for every transaction to make it official. Um, and gas in the past has been kind of high for Ethereum. So sometimes you could pay $100 um, for a gas fee. If you're only buying a, an NFT that's worth $200, then that's really expensive for the gas fee. If you're buying uh, NFT worth a million dollars, then a hundred dollars is kind of in the noise. Right. Um, when you, so, when, you, so when, you do make, when you do make the offer though, you're going to pay a gas fee. So let's say you wanted a thousand dollar NFT and you made a, an offer um, on OpenSea that could cost I don't know, five to a hundred dollars, whatever it's going to be at this point. Um, if that offer isn't accepted, you lose that amount of money that's there. So the advantage of, seeing what's being offered and buying what's available is you know that if you buy what's available, what somebody has, has posted, that gas fee you use is going to go towards you actually getting an NFT. Right. And and gas is typically determined by how busy the the chain is at any given time, right? So if if there's a huge project, let's say a board ape type project um, doing a, a new mint, right? Let's say they introduce something new into the marketplace and everyone that that owns is minting all of a sudden the 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 need for gas increases across the board so the price for gas increases across the board so if you're in a another project that's minting at the same time as a very well-known hyped up project it's going to be expensive and so that's another thing to keep in mind is when you're looking at the projects you're getting involved in try and find out you know when are gas fees going to be most reasonable uh, a lot of times if you're in the u.s um, you know, gas is typically at its lowest at like four or five in the morning. Um, you can schedule to, you know, make offers or, or, or you can try and do purchases at certain times for things to get, to get gas as low as possible. And sometimes you just can't avoid it. Um, there's a project that I was doing last night and pretty late into the night where, uh, it's, it's actually like really, you know, I, don't, I haven't even talked to you about this project, but it's really crazy the way they're doing it. They're allowing the community to burn the floor NFTs through an operation through an operation on the website. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, and so there's all this hype. People are going crazy. 
and the network was just crazy. And so people were just using gas to burn floor NFTs in exchange for a new NFT that, that the person who listed at the floor got a new NFT in exchange for the one that got burned. And the person that burned that person's NFT got something in exchange. It's just wild. So, so sometimes there's just a window, you know, maybe two hours. You just, you have to deal with it. You just have to pay the gas. And that's part of the, you know, the, 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 pr- the process, the, the cost of doing business, if, if, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked, we're talking about Ethereum and the gas is very expensive on Ethereum just because the number of transactions per second that Ethereum can handle right now is pretty low compared to a few other chains um, with places like Solana and, and maybe even Cardano. The gas fees are a lot less than Ethereum. The problem with all of that, though, is. 90% of the NFT business is on Ethereum right now. So right. while the other ones are growing and there are things happening, they just don't have the same level of liquidity in the NFT market, which you could argue there's not much liquidity in any crypto market right now. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's still up and coming. And it's not to say that there won't be another uh, chain or um, solution in the future that'll make it cheaper. Like Polygon, I mentioned earlier is a layer two chain for Ethereum. So that takes a lot of the gas fees out of um, the transactions and it can be used on pretty much the Ethereum network. Right. Cool. Wow. So we have covered a ton for an intro to an NFT class almost. Right. Um, And I, I think there's still a lot more for us to talk about, but it, just because we've taken about 30 minutes or so already, um, maybe we stop it here and then dive deeper into the NFT space in a future if you're open to coming back again. Yeah. Conversation. Yeah, I think uh, there's, uh, there's lots of room for deep dive. I mean, you could just do individual discussions on, uh, you know, just Twitter marketing in the NFT space and how to get involved on a Discord channel and how to grind for whitelist. I mean, there's just so many uh different you know 30 minute conversations that could take place but i think just as a kind of a summary recap OpenSea is a marketplace where you where you purchase uh nfts on you're going to have to link a wallet to it one of the more popular ones is metamask um and do your own research when it comes to looking into projects that, that interest you and maybe one other thing to quickly chat about is what nfts look like moving forward and I've been kind of a big proponent that I think NFTs are going to be very commonplace in the next 10 years and that we'll use NFTs in a lot of spaces that we never really thought about. So the, the, the true profile picture stuff is almost more, to me, a testing ground to prove out how NFTs work. 100%. Um, but don't be surprised if you own one sort of NFT or another in the near future for something that you're doing today. Yeah, I think uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this. I'm sure a lot of people uh, listening to this uh, will know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, but he's kind of a social influencer. And he said, he kind of was was, uh, talking to a group of people and he was saying how, you know, back when cars came out, right? All these, all the people with horses are like, no one's going to, no one's going to drive a car. Now no one, no one uses a horse. Back when websites and inter- the internet was established, it's like, what is this fad? What is an email address? No one's going to do that. No one's going to go to a website. No- now everyone does it. So NFTs, I, in my opinion, are the exact same thing right now. People are like, 
no one's going to use an NFT. What is that? We're, we're just repeating history over again. And, and it, I think you're right. I think everyone is going to use NFTs in the future. You'd said if it's not a profile picture, it might be your banking app or it might be how you buy a refrigerator. Like who knows? Like it's just, it, we haven't even invented it yet. Yeah, exactly. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to chat about uh, crypto and NFTs with you and looking forward to having a future conversation to dive into further details. Absolutely. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for journeying down the crypto rabbit hole with us. If you're interested in learning more about crypto, please join our private Facebook group, Unblocking Crypto. It's a small community discussing new ideas and just asking questions to learn more. Hope to interact with you there.